Welcome to the Christ the King podcast. And finally, after a couple months where we saw, oh, at least in my family, a newborn, and then as a church advent, COVID peaks, winter colds and sniffles, lots and lots of snow. Well, now we're finally back to our regular format, and hopefully it'll be regular for a while now. I am Pastor Michael McGinley of Christ the King Lutheran Church right here in Spencer, Iowa, and we are a congregation of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod coming to you this Sunday morning, January 24th. Now, for those of us in northwest Iowa, you might know that we got a little snow last night, a couple inches of snow, and I typically record a lot of this, at least the sermon, sometimes the readings, on Sunday mornings. So I dredged through the snow to get here, which is fine, but right now, a few of our faithful CTK members, our saints, are just outside of my office here at the church with trucks and blades and shovels taking care of the snow to make sure our members can safely get into our building. And, well, we don't have a studio for me to record in. Uh, We don't have anything that's soundproof, and all of this is recorded in my office. So, my apologies. (laughs) But throughout this, you will be hearing the scrape of blades and shovels and people walking around and maybe talking outside in the background. Kind of a unique situation. Anyways, thank you to all of you who have continued listening these past couple months and sticking with us. I pray the word of the Lord that you've heard preached here in this podcast has been a blessing in your lives. And if you are newer to our podcast, if this is your first one or first few, we're excited to have you with us. And if you're new, also know that the purpose of this podcast is to help you pray and hear the scriptures and worship at home if you can't make it to church on Sunday morning. It's never been a replacement for the divine service at your church, but instead just Well, this podcast was started during the pandemic to help reach out to our members and to others that couldn't make it to the divine service at church. And so it was to kind of help gap that need. So if you can't make it to the Lord's table this morning or any Sunday morning, we encourage you to turn on this podcast, pull up the bulletin, and worship at your dining room table with this matin service. Now, this morning, we celebrate the Feast of our Lord's Transfiguration. We celebrate this feast at the end of every Epiphany season, which we're at now. And that, celebrating the Transfiguration at this time is a unique Lutheran contribution to the lectionary. But the reason that we Lutherans do this is because in the next few weeks ahead, starting next Sunday, we begin the season of pre-Lent which is like a countdown to Easter, the 70 days to Easter. And pre-Lent is a season of preparation for the 40-day Lenten journey beginning on Ash Wednesday, which is coming up quickly. So this morning, we celebrate our Lord's Transfiguration, because up on the mountain of the Transfiguration, as we'll hear in the sermon, the destination of this Lenten journey, which we're going to begin preparing for, is shown to us. And the destination is this. We see the glory of our Lord's deity in his flesh. He shows it to us. He shows it to us now before we begin preparing for the Lenten journey. Because at the end of this Lenten journey is Easter, Easter morning, where he will again show 
himself to us in all his glory, raised from the dead. With all of that, let's now begin our matin service this morning with the hymn, Christ Whose Glory Fills the Skies. Open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Christ hath appeared unto us. O come, let us worship him. Come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all. Gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. It is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, 
never shall be world without end. Amen. Christ hath appeared unto us. O come, let us worship him. Your lightnings lighten the world. The earth trembled and shook. How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts! My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Your lightnings lighten the world. The earth trembled and shook. The Old Testament lesson for this Feast of the Transfiguration of our Lord is written in the 34th chapter of Exodus, beginning at the 29th verse. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai, with the two tablets of the covenant in Moses' hand, when he came down from the mountain, Moses didn't know that the skin of his face shone by reason of his speaking with God. When Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned to him, and Moses spoke to them. Afterward, all the children of Israel came near, and he gave them all the commandments the Lord had spoken with him on Mount Sinai. When Moses was done speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. But when Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he took the veil off until he came out. And he came out and spoke to the children of Israel that which he was commanded. The children of Israel saw Moses' face, that the skin of Moses' face shone. So Moses put the veil on his face again until he went in to speak with him. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Thou art fairer than the children of men. Grace is poured into thy lips. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand, until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The epistle is written in the first chapter of the second epistle of Peter, beginning at the sixteenth verse. Brothers, for we didn't follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. We heard this voice come out of heaven, when we were with him on the holy mountain. We have the more sure word of prophecy, and you do well that you heed it, as to a lamp shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first, 
that no prophecy of Scripture is of private interpretation. For no prophecy ever came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke, being moved by the Holy Spirit. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Please rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. Alleluia! Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies, for they have been ever of old. Alleluia! The Holy Gospel, according to St. Matthew, the 17th chapter. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, his brother, and brought them up into a high mountain by themselves. He was transfigured before them. 
His face shone like the sun, and his garments became as white as the light. Behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you want, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. Behold, a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were very afraid. Jesus came up and touched them and said, Get up, and don't be afraid. Lifting up their eyes, they saw no one except Jesus alone. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus commanded them, saying, Don't tell anyone what you saw until the Son of Man has risen from the dead. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. And the Lord of glory is risen upon thee. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee.
We begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, in my first year at the seminary, it was just my wife, my daughter, and I, and we would journey from Fort Wayne to Iowa to see our family and friends, whether it be over Christmas break, summer, so on. Those breaks that you get in, in seminary. We, we would go on a journey back to Iowa. And those, those were long trips. The drive from Fort Wayne back to Iowa is well over 10 hours and across three states. And with our family and friends all over Iowa, there were hours more of drive time that we made as we kind of made a circuit all the way through the state. And then, of course, at the end of our trip, it was 10 more hours back to Fort Wayne. This took planning, lots of planning. We had to know how many days we were going to be gone. We had to pack everything for ourselves and our daughter. We were new parents. We had to know where we were sleeping. We had to book hotels, call friends to see if we could stay with them. We had to know where we were eating and what we were eating and pack any food that we wanted to bring in the car. And there was figuring out where to fuel up at along the way. In Iowa, we had to figure out how long we were going to stay with certain family or friends. Okay, we get a couple days with my parents, a couple days with hers, so on. And of course, we had to budget all of our costs for this trip. So after all the planning and packing, once we were ready to go, we sometimes called our parents at the start of the journey before we headed out to let them know that we were off. As we called, we heard the same voices at the beginning of our journey as we heard when we reached our destination at the end. Long journeys, important journeys like this, require planning, preparation, and knowing what the destination will be at the end. You need to know what's going to be at the end, so that you know when you've gotten there, when you've arrived, which is obvious, but also it's to remind you, to keep that destination in mind, to remind you along the way, why you're going, why you're on the journey. So that way you can, you can encourage yourself through the ups and downs. Today in our gospel, our Lord is leading the disciples and us to begin readying ourselves for a journey. And we'll see this in our text. And our text starts six days after Peter has confessed Jesus as the Christ, the son of the living God. And also six days after Peter had rebuked our Lord for proclaiming that he must be killed and raised on the third day. On this sixth day, Jesus takes his three closest disciples with him up onto a high mountain by themselves. Now the disciples were probably just figuring that they were going up on the mountain to pray. The way Matthew writes this story. It's as if immediately, once they get to the top, as soon as Jesus and his disciples reach that, Jesus is instantly transfigured before them. It's hard for us to really imagine what this would have looked like. But Matthew says our, our Lord's face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as light. Mark, in his account of this, says Christ's clothes were whiter than anything that you could bleach. The closest we could come, maybe, to how bright this is, how glorious this light was that they saw, would be if we stared up at the sun on a clear summer day, or maybe if we stood in front of a spotlight and had a friend turn it on. 
That's the closest we can get, at least right now. And even then, I doubt those scenarios, the sun or the spotlight, would be as bright as what the disciples saw in the transfiguration. Yet, as if that wasn't shocking enough for these disciples, somehow, seeing through the blinding light from Christ's face, they also see Moses and Elijah standing there with our Lord in glory, conversing with him, just like we converse with each other in the fellowship hall. As we hear Matthew tell this story, it's really disorienting. And you can see how it's disorienting for the, for the disciples. It's hard to understand the speed at which all this has happened or to picture or to understand it. Imagine, though, how disorienting it would have been for these three. Now, Peter, having confessed Christ as the son of the living God, may have been disoriented, but he knew what was happening. He knew that our Lord was revealing to them the glory of his deity, manifesting the fullness of the Godhead in him. Peter saw that. And if Moses and Elijah are there, then so must the whole company of the angels and the saints with them. Even if it's not shown to them in in this vision, they were there. Peter knows through the Son of the living God that heaven and earth are coming together in Christ by his divinity. And so Peter says what is very true. It is good for us to be here. Because here, as Christ is transfigured, the disciples find themselves at the threshold of the house of God. At, in the entrance of, of the entrance into the courts of heaven. So Peter continues to our Lord, if you wish, I will make three tabernacles here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. That word for tents is actually tabernacles, like what the Israelites used out in the, out in the wilderness to, to worship in. Well, here Peter knows that a day in the Lord's courts, in the Lord's presence, is better than a thousand elsewhere. He doesn't want to leave. He wants to take up residence where he wants to take up residence right there, like he sees Moses and Elijah doing. Would we want any different? Do we not desire to stand or even just stand at the threshold of heaven and behold Christ in his glory with all the saints? where there is no suffering, no death, no riots, no more just getting by in this miserable world. Here is Christ's glory with no suffering. So, of course, Peter and the disciples don't want to leave. But the truth for them is, the journey hasn't even started. They're just being shown the destination as they prepared to begin this long journey. Before Peter can even finish speaking, the glory of God in the Holy Spirit enwraps them in a cloud, and a voice from the cloud proclaims over Peter, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. This is the exact same thing the voice from the heavens proclaimed at our Lord's baptism which was just a couple Sundays ago for us. 
where the father proclaimed his pleasure with the son after the son in his humiliation was baptized with sinners, except that here on the mountain, the father proclaims his pleasure with the son as the son manifests the glory of his deity, of his being divine, of his showing his glory to the disciples. But on the mountain, as Christ's glory shines from his face, The Father adds to his message here, to the disciples and to us, as we begin to just prepare for our journey. And what he adds is this, listen to him. That is to say, listen to him alone. And as if to emphasize the point, after the disciples hear this and fall down in fear, As Christ comes to them and they raise their eyes, they see Jesus only. They see Christ alone, as if the Father is again saying, listen to him only. Again, all of this can be so disorienting and confusing until you understand and see that all this happened after the sixth day. The sixth day, Friday, Good Friday. The journey for the disciples is up to Jerusalem through the land of Israel, following Jesus from this mountain of of the transfiguration to the Temple Mount. The journey for us is to Jerusalem through the days of Lent. From the high mountain of Christmas and Epiphany to the peak of Golgotha. Going back to what we were speaking about before, when my wife and I had more children after that first year of seminary, and after we had gotten tired of more and more trips, finally, in my final year at the seminary, we gave up on all journeys altogether. We gave up on the trips. It was too much, too taxing, too tiring. Even just planning it just made us tired. That feeling of weariness, a feeling battered and tired of of fearing suffering, a fear that consumes us all, that fear of suffering. It leads us to want to give up, to stop. After a long year with COVID and riots and death and divide, a long year that hasn't ended, by the way, we are tired as we are on top of this mountain of the transfiguration. We, like Peter, would love just to stay here. Wouldn't you love just to stay in tents where there's the glory of our Lord surrounded by Moses and Elijah? We just want to stay at the font of our baptism without having to travel all the way to the altar. In other words, we don't want to leave the mountain of transfiguration to go to Golgotha. Because that journey in our lives is a journey we make every Sunday morning. Where we are heavy with our guilt, our shame, our sadness, our fatigue. We, like Peter, want to confess Christ without the suffering. We want the glory there without the suffering. Because what value in this world is suffering like this? Yet, here is the Father. Through the cloud of his glory. Speaking simply, listen to him.
not to Peter, who rebuked Christ for saying that he will suffer, not to the world that tells us to give up our beliefs and submit to them instead, not to our flesh that is tired and wants to stop, not to the devil who tempts us and attacks us, but the Father says, listen to him in my Son, in whom I am well pleased. The Father is telling us to look into the glorious shining face of his Son on the sixth day, Good Friday. The Father is telling us to see his face radiate with that glory as blood drips down from his forehead. To see his Son shine as he puts on the clothes of our sin and is hung up on the cross for the whole world to see the light of his glory. The Father says to hear him, to listen to him, his beloved Son, as he shouts, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? As he then dies for you, as blood then streams from his side, poured out for the forgiveness of all of your sin. Listen to him. As Christ speaks over you in baptism in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. At the font where he speaks and you become a child of God receiving his glory. But where your baptism just starts, where the journey just starts starts. Listen to him as Christ speaks to you, his baptized. You who now follow him as he says, deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. That is, as we fall in terror at the persecution to come, at the present suffering that we currently have, as we fall down in terror, even of the glory of Christ, as we realize what terrible sinners we are. Christ, in saying, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me, is coming to us and saying, rise and have no fear. Pick up your cross and follow me down the mountain. There will be persecution along the way. Your flesh will be mortified, but you've seen now the destination. And the destination for the disciples is the same as it is for us. It's finding ourselves fallen on our knees at the foot of the cross on Good Friday, where the Son of God incarnate reveals the glory of God in his crucifixion. In his body that hangs there, in his blood that drips there. In his crucifixion where the love of God is shown to us as Jesus alone hangs there, dead for the sins of the world. The glory of God manifests to us on the cross, which shines on that cross just as brightly as it did at the transfiguration. This glory which is given to you in baptism. Matthew ends our gospel today saying, As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. What he commands them is this. It says, in effect, saying, Tell no one of the vision until the eighth day, the day of the new creation, the day of my resurrection. Tell no one of this until... Easter. 
Easter, where the disciples would see Jesus in his glory, just as they had at the transfiguration. At Easter, when then they will know they've come to the end of their destination. The end of their destination, which they saw here at the beginning. Over the next few weeks here at Christ the King, in this one-year lectionary, we will be celebrating a time of the church year known as pre-Lent. These next three weeks are a time where we will be descending the mountain of the transfiguration with Christ, preparing for the 40-day journey of Lent as it begins on Ash Wednesday, just a few short weeks away. In these three weeks, in this time, we prepare for the journey by contemplating how to proceed. Perhaps we'll proceed into Lent with fasting, perhaps with charity and almsgiving, perhaps coming to confess a bothersome sin or looking to change a habit, a, a bad sinful habit. But we do all of this, not with the aim that our good works will save us, but we do all this with the aim to delve deeper into scripture and to prayer, to cling even tighter to the cross. Where throughout the journey, we can more intensely do what the Father today told us to do, which is listen to him. Even more so, as we prepare for this Lenten journey, and we take three, year, three weeks to prepare for it. These three weeks are weeks where we can invite others to join us. Do you know somebody in the church that hasn't been in months or years or maybe just weeks? Someone maybe who has fallen away from the faith. Invite them over this time to come to our Lord on Sunday morning in the divine service. Do you know somebody outside the church who needs Christ's forgiveness? Invite them too. Because you see, come Ash Wednesday, when Lent begins, whether you are a regular churchgoer, whether you are returning from a long or short period of time, whether you are brand new to Christianity, we all become one body of Christ when we receive the ashes and here together, dust you are and to dust you shall return. We all fall under that. We all become one when repenting of our sin over these next 40 days, the Father points us in Lent to our salvation, hanging there on the cross saying, listen to him. That message is for all of us. We all become one in him as we listen to him say, take, eat, take, drink. Where in, where in baptism and this supper, he transfigures us into the image of, her, of himself from one degree of glory to another, as Paul says, by the spirit and his word as we catechize, as we return Christians back into the fold of the church, back into the flock of Christ, as they join us, whether we're regular churchgoers, whether we're, whether we're returning, whether we're brand new Christians. By baptism and teaching, 
we have all become disciples of Christ. We are all one to go on this Lenten journey and fall down on our knees together before the cross. Baptism is working to mortify our flesh until the last day. The last day when he will say to us, Rise, be not afraid, as our baptisms are then complete, where he makes our faces shine and our clothes white as light, being resurrected into his glory, just as he is. At the transfiguration, this morning, we see the end, we see our destination as we begin readying and packing for this journey. Whatever persecution comes, whatever suffering comes, however fatigued you are, rise, be not afraid, because we now know how this journey ends. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We continue with the Tadeum. upon thee to deliver me it's 
Continue with the prayer, beginning with the Kyrie. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. We pray the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. We confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We are bold to pray as our Lord has taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Unto thee have I cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise, and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me, O God, a clean heart, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Vouchsafe, O Lord, this day, to keep us without sin. O Lord, have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy be upon us, as our trust is in thee. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. O God, who in the glorious transfiguration of your only begotten Son, you have confirmed the mysteries of the faith by the testimony of the fathers. You, who in the voice that came from the bright cloud, did in a wonderful manner foreshow the adoption of sons, mercifully vouchsafe to make us co-heirs with the King of His glory, and bring us to the enjoyment of the same. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that in good and honest hearts we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Lord, in your mercy, most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic with all her pastors and ministers that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people and the gospel preached in all the world. Lord, in your mercy. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Donald, our president, Joseph, our president-elect, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our governor, the legislature of this state, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Lord, in your mercy, may it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, 
and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. Lord, in your mercy. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially this morning do we pray for Jerry, Jean, Elvira, Iris, Ernie, Dee, Virtus, and Carol, Mary, John, Marion, Laura, Elaine, Diane, Sharon, Selena, Sarah, and Sherry. Lord, in your mercy. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Lord, in your mercy, cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Lord, in your mercy. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood, your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, help us by true faith and a godly life, to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Alleluia. Teach me thy paths. Alleluia. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, who hast safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, might be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Let us pray together. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee, 
to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, be with you all. Amen. In these next few weeks, as we descend the mountain of the transfiguration behind our Lord, heading into the season of pre-Lent. As we look ahead to the Lenten season, which is quickly coming upon us, this morning we say goodbye to the Alleluias and to the Gloria here in the church service on Sundays as we join the Israelites in their Babylonian captivity, showing our need for repentance and showing our need for our Lord. And as we say goodbye to the Alleluias, we do so with our next hymn, Alleluia, Song of Gladness.
Thank you for listening to the Christ the King podcast and joining us this morning with this matin service. We pray that the word of the Lord you heard preached here this morning goes out with you throughout the week and beyond. And please join us next week as well, if you're not able to make it to church, where we will be back with another matin service as we begin to celebrate the season of pre-Lent, which is also called Septuagesima, if I'm not screwing that up, (laughs) Septuagesima Sunday. And that is a Greek word meaning 70. And what it's showing us is that next Sunday is the Sunday within 70 days of Easter. And so we officially begin the countdown for Easter Sunday, for the Easter Vigil, and our prepar- and also for our preparations for the Lenten season. Now, all the music for this podcast has come from smallchurchmusic.com. We encourage all of our listeners to look us up on Facebook under Christ the King Lutheran Church or CTK Spencer. If you enjoyed this podcast, we encourage you to subscribe tell a friend, or leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listened. If you would like to be on our mailing list for this podcast or want to leave feedback, you can contact us on Facebook or on the email addresses listed at the top of the bulletin. That's all for this week. Until next time, go forth and serve the Lord. I am Pastor Michael McGinley, signing off.